2: everyone welcome back to friend of a friend i am so excited to have you all here today because today feels like a very special momentous occasion because today is actually a friend of a friend's 100th episode i can't believe i'm saying that it feels like it was truly just yesterday in may of 2019 when i decided to start the show and here we are a year and a half later with a hundred episodes and having made a lot of new friends I have felt so fulfilled by making this podcast for you guys. There's something that I like to say often about social media, which is that as stressful as it can get and as like the amount of pressure it can put on us, we've never had a chance in history like this to connect with people around the world. And I really feel like this show has allowed us to do that. We've gotten to hear some of the most incredible stories, meet some of the most amazing minds. But most importantly, I feel like I've gotten to connect with a very large new group of friends. The DMs, the reviews, those of you i have actually got to meet in person have truly made this experience one in a million for me. And I'm so grateful to all of you who have tuned in every week and have let me take up a little bit of space in your week to share some things that I think are important that we can all come together on. And of course, a big thank you to all the guests who have been our mentors in this journey. And lastly, a huge thank you to Dear Media and especially my producer, Christiana, who have supported the show for so long and really have just had so much faith in us. So, so much love to all of you guys there. This feels like a really big milestone. Obviously, I feel like I'm celebrating my like 50th birthday, but I also feel like we are just getting started. So on that note, let's get into today's show. Today's guests are two people who I actually used to work with Back in the day when I was in college, figuring out what it was that I wanted to do, and I remember seeing so many different sprouts of friend of a friend during that time, and it's always so fun for me to bring on people who I haven't seen in a couple years but were so supportive of me from the beginning, and we get to sit down and really talk about the growth and evolution during that time. So today is definitely a heavy dose of that. For those of you who are meeting them for the first time, Annie Kraybaum and Rebecca Zhao are beauty business legends. If you ever need beauty advice, head to them first. Their knowledge is bar none. After working together at Glossier for five years, they reunited to launch a new brand called Soft Services, a skincare brand that definitely doesn't exist anywhere else that makes products, guides, and digital tools to help people who are looking for solutions to their body skin concerns. If there's anyone I trust when it comes to creating a cult beauty brand, it's these two women. They've done it before and they're doing it again. So today they're giving us the guidebook on how to be adored by the digital age and their mission to really disrupt the body care market. I hope you guys love today's 100th episode. If you haven't followed the show and you haven't left a review yet, please do it as my 100th birthday present. And if you love the show, share it with a friend. Share it on Instagram. I will always repost, slide in your DMs, and say hi, too. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I appreciate you all. I hope you have an incredible week ahead. Here are our 100th episode guests, Annie Kraybaum and Rebecca Zhao. Hi, ladies. Hi. hi. How are you guys? Good. It's so nice to see your faces in L.A., not New York City. What a treat.
1: This is crazy. Such a treat for us. I don't normally do a podcast in person, so this is very exciting for me. Oh,
2: well, welcome to my humble, not-so-humble abode.
1: (laughs) It's not very humble. (laughs) (laughs) It's an amazing view.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it is quite, like, a treat when I get to have guests come. And, like, I always make sure my guests are sitting on the side of the view so they can, like, look out and ignore me talking half the time. I think it's great.
1: I appreciate (laughs) that.
2: (laughs) Anytime. I am so excited to have you guys here to talk about the new venture, Soft Services, which I am a diehard fan of. Thanks. When I like first got the box from you guys, I was at first so intimidated, which is funny because it's like the opposite of intimidating. But it made me actually think to myself, Do, wait, I don't know how to use like I don't I don't know how to use this. Like I don't have a body care routine." And then I sat there and was like, "That's so weird. Like you don't." do like to the rest of your skin what you do to your face or like you just don't care about all these other things I mean you do but like it just doesn't take up the same priority and I I immediately was like wow that's really weird and that needs to change and so I started using it I'm a massive buffing bar fan (laughs) um have been using the toning lotion which I love and so I'm excited to have you guys on today to talk about it and get to hear all about the new chapter
0: We're so excited. I mean, the way that you just described that was basically our light bulb moment, too, when we like that was the inception of the brand was like, wait, we have all these body issues, but we have no way to care for them. And like my face routine is extensive. I almost have too many products. I can't even like use them all. Hair is getting there. makeup. But like, wait, our body skin is such a large surface area. And meanwhile, my body was
1: the one where I was dealing with the most issues. Like, yeah, I was so we basically realized we were both 30 you know, everybody's wearing cutouts and all their like cool new outfits and like backless dresses. And like, I have super long hair because I have like scarring all over my back from having acne on my back. And so we realized we were about 30 and we were still, we had figured everything out everywhere else in terms of beauty, like gotten into a routine, know what like products and ingredients work for our, the skin on our face, our hair, but like, we're still dealing with body acne and we hadn't grown out of it. In fact, it was getting worse.
0: And this was like in the middle of 2019. And that's actually right around when KKW launched her body makeup. And so we were, I was like, wait, do I just need to start putting on body makeup? But like, hold on. That feels, there, there's an in-between of like not dealing with it, yeah. not ever showing that part of your skin or putting heavy coverage body makeup on. And then, yeah, anyways, there was a lot of conversations that eventually led to soft services, but your reaction was the same. We were like, wait a minute. What? Let's really it back a little bit.
2: How did the both of you
0: meet? Glossier. <laughs> it was really cute
2: because the both of them just now. I wish you guys were in the room with both of them, just like deadpan. <laughs> like,
1: Glossier. Well, yeah. I remember when you came up to my desk and I was like, "Who is this person?" You were so happy to be there. <laughs>
0: like, yeah. So I was hired at Glossier as the basically third employee that was working only on Glossier. So before me, there was a um, Alexis who was a product developer, and then also the COO had been brought on board. But then I was the next hire. But you know, the other two had been hired a while before and. I think the like rest of the team kind of knew something was incubating, but I was the first person that came on much closer to launch and was like, oh, wait, what's this person's job? Oh, she's going to make the website for a Glossier. Like, huh? Mm-hmm. And so I came in and I was like, oh, my God, I'm a huge into the gloss reader. I'm a fan. Annie, I love your writing. Da-da-da-da, like nerding nerding out. And Annie was like, now has told me like, she was like, "Who is this person?" She has so much energy, um, but that's how we met because I was brought on board to basically figure out how was Glossier going to sell skincare and makeup online, which today sounds like, "Oh, that's such an easy task." But in 2014, actually, it was a huge question mark. Would you buy skincare, and makeup online if you couldn't touch it, you couldn't feel it, if you couldn't smell it? So yeah, like I, you know, that was my remit of how are we going to make our .com our like flagship, and I, you know, went over to Annie's desk and was like, "Well." We need to work together on this because you are able to convince me to buy obscure beauty products through your writing. We're going to convince millions of people to buy these like, you know, new products that we're launching through our website. And in a way that's different than just like a blog post tackled onto the bottom of a product page. So that's how we met. Well, it sounds like that endeavor went swimmingly (laughs) 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 we had a we had a lot of fun and we still have a lot of fun because i think we're both super like left brain right brain right kind of like creative but also like like data and Mm -hmm. you know like to think sideways and yeah
2: we'll be right back after a quick break i feel like something we often talk about is this idea of getting pumped up what's your favorite pump up song or how do you get ready but we rarely put as much importance on how we wind down And that's been something I have really tried to focus on this year. One of my new favorite hacks, my Vitruvi. Vitruvi creates beautiful diffusers and non-toxic essential oils to naturally and safely scent your space. With scent, the air at home is full of possibilities. Aromas really allow you to take ownership of your home. And whether you want to feel energized, relaxed, or something in between, diffusing essential oils instantly can transform your space to what you want. Vitruvi has three unique diffuser models to choose from. From the classic ceramic stone or to the cordless move that scents every single corner of your room. I love my classic ceramic stone. It is so gorgeous. It barely looks like a diffuser. It actually looks like decor on my nightstand. And it's made with the highest quality porcelain. Right now, I'm diffusing the retreat scent, which really turns my place into a spa. But you guys should try Boost. It's juicy and light and perfect for your morning coffee in an episode of Friend of a Friend. Their natural plant-based oils are made without silicones, parabens, and synthetic fragrances, and they're 100% pure, vegan, and cruelty-free. You guys should visit vitruvi.com backslash friend of a friend and use code FRIEND20 to get 20% off your next purchase. That's 20% off your next purchase with code FRIEND20. Now let's get back to the show.
0: So when did the idea for Soft Services spark?
1: 2019? Yeah, Yeah. it
0: was in May of 2019. So after I left Glossier, I did consulting for about five years, working with brands of all sizes, but really people that like had an amazing product that they needed a website that would do their product justice. So I worked with like Kate, the luxury fashion brand, Kara Vitamins, whatever, a bunch of amazing clients. But when Annie left Glossier after like five years of just yeah, making a lot of magic there, um, <laughs> I was like, Hey, do you want to do some consulting? And then One of the last client products that we ended up working on together was this company called Hudson Hemp. We did messaging, strategy, branding, web design, you know, the whole nine yards for them. But through that, I think it really put us in a place of like, wait, we are, you know, trying to be conscious consumers, but we also need to be conscious creators. And like, what does that actually really look like beyond like, oh, just a sustainable packaging choice when we really think about what types of businesses should we be creating? What types of businesses should we be helping? It just really, like, got us thinking about that really hard. And so there were other ideas Annie and I had about, like, things we could do separately or together, but within this lens of, like, only really put resources to things that are needed and that can actually, like, kind of, you can create responsibly um, made this, like, bar very high. So then one day, though, we started talking about our bodies, as we were saying earlier, and we were, like, chit-chatting about body acne over drinks. And then we were like, wait a minute. This is really interesting. Oh, but I also have this rash on my leg I've had since I've been a teenager. And oh, you've had KP. And oh, mm-hmm. our friend, you know, Jess, like uses this like weird jock itch cream for her arm, like whatever, all this stuff. We're like, okay, hold on. Actually, this could be interesting. But we didn't like decide to start the company for six months. Like it took six months for us to be like, is this something we should do? Is this something that the world really needs? And ultimately, we decided yes. But you know, for us, it's like when we think about sustainability first and foremost the most sustainable thing to do is to create a product that, like, don't create redundant products. Right. You can make the most sustainable product and the most sustainable packaging, source ingredients well, but, like, if there's already something out there that people love, like, use those. You can't improve on it Yeah, use that energy for something new, or that's how kind of we thought about it. So it's been really amazing to use that as, like, the operating principle for all of our products. Part of the
2: reason why I feel like there was a void to fill is because I think this conversation is somewhat taboo. I don't think that as a 30-year-old, you probably wanted to talk about your back knee. Like, I have a horrifying story of when I was like bullied for having back knee in seventh grade. Same, same. But like, you know, as an adult, I feel like we don't want to talk about these things. Like, Mm -hmm. you even just talked about like a jock itch for your armpit. Like, these are the most like unsexy conversations versus like KKW body makeup. Totally, totally. So I'd love to hear a little bit about both of your experiences with that that led you to building this.
1: I mean, well, KP is uh, a buildup of keratin that happens, you know, uh, around the hair follicle. And so keratin is like a hard uh, a hard material that your skin, your body naturally produces, and so when that builds up, it creates those hard bumps on the back of your arm. And yeah. what's
0: crazy is it sounds like maybe like a niche issue or something that's super taboo, but no, like, like everyone has. Forty percent of yeah. adult Americans have that issue, right? Um, and like you were saying about the tabooness, it's like I struggled with body acne um, my whole life. I've been a dancer, so I always was like wearing like a sweaty leotard. <laughs> that's why I had it too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then when I was getting married, it's like every single wedding dress is backless unless you wear like a long sleeve wedding dress. And so I was getting married in Miami. So I'm like, I can't wear a long sleeve wedding dress. I need to wear something that like, make sense for the climate, and there was really just nothing that, like, didn't show my back. But yeah, like, you know, but when that happened, it's like, okay, am I going to wear makeup on my back and, like, be stressed that, like, my white dress is going to have, like, brown makeup all over it? Am I going to get laser treatments? Annie was like, no, like, you could have, like, the adverse effects because your skin tone, your skin tone, like, laser can kind of totally backfire. Um, so yeah, that's, like, it, I mean, it's, like, super stressful. Like, it's, like, I'm walking down the aisle, and I don't want someone, you know, like, there's something in my yeah. back that I've been able to hide, and, like, on my day that I want to feel, like, my best like I have to deal with this thing and the fact that there was no product for it made me feel like even more like this is something really wrong with me and that like no one's even making something for this this issue but yeah I think to the point of taboo topics I think when we started talking about this company really it's like well face acne used to be super taboo like I've struggled with face acne before and in that time when like no one was talking about acne you were just putting concealer and concealer and concealer I'm it, giggling because I walked outside with like a pimple patch today yes exactly, exactly, exactly do do? It I probably time. would have never exactly. done that exactly yeah. so it's yeah. like emotionally how like when I was a teenager how I felt about having acne on my face to now is completely changed where I'm like oh this is not a problem everyone has it there's products to fix it like you know I know what to do I can wear a pimple patch to a meeting and no one's gonna like raise an eyebrow right. so for us I think the really exciting thing about soft services is like let's do that for body like if someone has body acne because probably they're like working out yeah you know they're doing peloton they're doing they're doing a um a zoom and their sweaty workout like top it's like that's not something anyone needs to be ashamed of it's like hey this is totally normal 40 percent of adult americans have kp 40 percent of adult americans have body acne that's insane yeah which is our estimate is like 200 million people have these issues that are kind of basically not being treated which is a part of why we decided to really start this company we were like wait, this is actually like a really amazing opportunity for us to like dig our teeth into. And And all my my years as a beauty writer,
1: it was like we could have, you know, a Kim Kardashian interview on the site and we would get a huge spike in traffic, you know, because people love her. But then I would also like have articles around more like kind of taboo body skin issues. And I started seeing a pattern that all of those would really kind of make our traffic for the year. Wow. Like, because people were searching for these things. So you get all this organic traffic coming in, like, um, at Into the Gloss. Uh, Rebecca did some digging and found out. Like, well, yeah, because
0: I, you know, I um, manage into the com also while I was there. And so from an analytics perspective, Annie had written this article about how to do your own bikini wax.
2: I will never forget that story. Top performing article. <laughs> Top performing article. Of course it was.
1: Yeah. Still, but still to this day, because people are still, you know, the SEO They're, strength is popular. there. Yeah, right. Yeah. People and, are like, searching.
2: No, I think it's really interesting because I think taboo already in itself is something people don't want to talk about. But I think something you guys have mastered with soft services is the ability to build community around that and make people want to be part of a hub that talks about a taboo taboo issue. Whereas, you know, being at Glossier, it was very this like shiny object that everybody wanted to be a part of. And there wasn't really much taboo associated with that. So I would love to hear some insights on what that experience has been now building community around a taboo topic and kind of getting people invested in that.
1: Yeah, I think it's funny because it's like that building a community, especially in our consulting career, was such a buzzy idea. Everybody wanted to understand how you build a community. They wanted the Glossier effect. And I think it's like, it's almost like, do you want to build a community or do you want to build like relationships? And for us, like at this point, I'm all about like building a relationship with like a more one brand to person relationship versus like creating a hub. Because what we're seeing, especially for these more taboo issues, the communities are already existing online. They're like disparate. They're on Reddit. People, especially, you know, anonymous places because people are don't really want to like. Right. talk openly about these yet which is hopefully something that will change but we want to basically create like a Trojan horse and like infiltrate all these different communities that and you know conversations are already bubbling up all over the internet and
0: the best way to do that is like to make a you know solve someone's problem right in right. a way that's really meaningful and like take care of them and treat them and like treat them with love kind of right. um and I think to the point of like you were saying um how are we building community how do you build like a cult following it's like at the end of the day we're all It's just like we're just like humans and so we think about like is there an emotional connection with the brand a real emotional connection not like i think this brand is cool and i want to like you know get its tote bag but like actually feeling like oh my god this brand cares about me and like it's doing something that like it's changed, like improving my life. I mean, I mean, we're, we're making lotions, right? So it's like, but we are changing people's lives. I mean, our reviews are, are well,
2: literally about people saying you guys have changed their lives. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: like that's when like new reviews come in and we get to read them. It's like the most rewarding, you know, like all the late nights, all the craziness. It's like, oh my God, this person has said like, I thought I was just gonna have to live with this weird thing on my butt for the rest of my life. And then like in a week, holy crap. You've, like, changed my life. Like, I can't. This is amazing. And to be able to do that with, like, an amazing exfoliating soap bar or, like, a urea lotion to, like, allow people to feel that way, I don't know, is just so incredible. And, like, I think that's what we focus on. And then the community comes from that. Like, when people love your products, they tell their friends, they, you know, will go above and beyond for you as a brand. And we, you know, kind of do the same for our customers. Hey, if you have a product that you tried, you didn't like, you bought the wrong thing, we'll refund you. Hey, If you have a problem that we actually don't solve today, we're going to help you. We'll suggest a solution that we don't even sell. I mean, at the end of the day, like, we're in the business of just helping people, like, get from point A to point B, which is how they feel today about a problem and going to somewhere where they, like, feel way better about whatever they're dealing with.
2: We'll be right back after a quick break. Throw like a badass? Well, Nasty Gal has teamed up with the iconic sports brand and cultural phenomenon, Sports Illustrated, to launch a collection in honor of women in sports. Inspired by their power, their invincibility, and their fearlessness, the collection is a 20-piece capsule rooted in luxe athleisure and functional sportswear. Think 80s-inspired heritage sweatshirts, bicycle shorts, and matching sets in bold greens and monochrome color palettes. Nasty Galax Sports Illustrated focuses on comfort and off-duty street style, inspiring fans to get out there and triumph in life. Key pieces feature printed sport leggings styled with oversized bomber jackets, as well as mock neck cropped sweaters, cropped sweats, polo tops, and graphic tees for an effortlessly cool aesthetic. I've been traveling a ton lately and I'm always on the hunt for a good transitional, versatile, and comfortable piece. I love their matching suits, whether it's a sweatsuit or even their striped side legging and a mock sweatshirt. And the mock neck sweatshirt, it's so cozy. It's really cute and simple, but always very chic. And this collaboration nails the duo. My favorite part, it's size inclusive from size zero to 20. Don't play games, play sport. Not my scene, just watch me. I'm hashtag NG Strong and I got this. You guys can shop the collection exclusively on the Nasty Gal app and at nastygal.com. Now let's get back to the show. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to product. And because when you find a product that you love, you genuinely love it, you want to share it. But I also feel like there are other tactics and I feel like we did this a lot at Glossier Annie that kind of keep the wheel spinning of making people feel part of a community? Totally. Mm -hmm. Whether it's content that you think is engaging, sending a follow-up email after an order, whatever it is, what have you guys seen a lot of success in when making sure that your community feels a
1: part of it? So I used to, um, after I left Glossy and I did some consulting, I used to give this talk called Cult to Culture that we were kind of talking about before we started recording. And so I really did a deep dive into building cults. Because you hear all the time, like the cult of Glossier, the cult of Supreme or like, you know, uh, the cult of Peloton now, like all these brands that have built these like cult communities. I wanted to dissect like why that is. And so my personal experience with that was like being in a sorority and one of the tactics is love bombing. And so that's like an introductory type of tactic. And so I think probably our, our version of that is like what Rebecca was just talking about, like taking care of people no matter if like we made, we're selling to them or not. Um, and I think, yeah, at Glossier, you got a lot of like love bombing too, right? Like you were made to feel like very important. You got extras in your order. You got this like cool pink pouch, you got stickers, you know, you felt like you were important. It felt like you were getting like, You know the the influencer gift even though you were just like a quote-unquote normal person so i think like love bombing is definitely a tactic i see from brands that works it's interesting to see like kind of the evolution of that though because you know once people get really conditioned to something then they start expecting it it's like how do you make them still feel special when it becomes so mainstay you know right um so that's something that i think about a lot Um, i think
0: especially nowadays we think about that in relation to like sustainability and creating physical waste like we're not sending people you know a bunch of extra stuff in their box because ultimately like we can't feel good about doing that but how do you we still give love without creating more waste. so i think digital love is something that we talk about or like digital gifts is something we think about um digital service because yeah there's no like cost material cost to doing those types of things
2: yeah there's a brand that i follow that i love and I see them do kind of this like maybe bi-monthly thing where they'll do like a rat, like a carousel of some of like the best comments that people have commented on their Instagrams. And I think about it all the time how that's such an easy way for yeah. a customer to feel like seen and celebrated on this like brand's platform just for commenting something clever, but it also like entices them to keep commenting and like be a part of the community and all the things that they're posting. And I thought it was just brilliant. I yeah. was like, that's a way because I remember so distinctly at Glossier, you're right, it really was a, lo- a love bombing of sorts of, you know, the free flowers, the experience, mm-hmm. the manicures, the, the showroom, everything about it. And even today, just getting the stickers and, and everything with that really makes you feel valued and kind of like you're part of this community Mm because then all of a sudden I'm walking around with Glossier stickers on my phone and so are a million other people Mm -hmm. and I feel like we have something to relate on there. But that digital aspect of it, I was like, oh wow, like that's something where I feel like, that's almost addicting to an,
1: to an extent. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. reposting UGC was like a form of that too. Like right. you are you were chosen and you were like, you you stood out. That feels like, you know, very special to someone. I think another tactic that I realized was the the trip to Mecca, I think is another like cult kind of tactic, yes. building a cult. And so obviously that would be the showroom, right? Like people yeah. <laughs> like would literally take trips to New York with that as like the one thing that they wanted to uh, do. How many you know? times did we hear that? So just a quick little backstory.
2: And I worked at Glossier to help open the showroom. And Annie was there. Annie was like the Glossier queen. Um, And I remember the first day of the showroom, I think I was like the only girl there in the little pink shop girl outfit. I'd been trained in all the product. Annie, you trained me. And (laughs) I was ready to go, ready to like greet everybody and let them try products and have a fun Friday. It was like our summer Fridays. And I think we expected like maybe throughout the day, like a like under 500 people to walk through the door less like 150 right <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I where it by lunchtime we had to call in backup we called in bell you oh put, yeah you yeah. put in a shop girl outfit on and we literally had like a thousand people throughout the whole day yeah and it was the craziest experience ever how long people waited in those lines, and how excited they were to get there. And throughout that summer working there, how many people actually said that they were in town. And this was like their main they stop.
1: They to come to Mecca, yeah, and yeah. get that photo that everybody got with right. the mirror and the mm-hmm. decal. And, yeah. you know, it's like, that. that's always been really fascinating to me. And I think something that, you
0: know, it's like, what is our version of that? We don't know. Yeah, especially it's- in, you know, the... The digital. world that we live yeah. in today with retail and all that stuff like what does that look like mm-hmm. I think
2: it looks like solving a problem that people don't <laughs> even want to talk about <laughs> yeah.
1: so yeah our, what's our version of that and I realize you know we're making these um actually a lot of these ideas probably just come from my mom we're making these aluminum bottles for our carrier cream because they're lightweight so glass is really heavy so it's really bad for the environment to ship um aluminum is really lightweight um pl- we all know plastic is not like a great option even though it's lightweight so aluminum is, like, a material that we, like, really love for and our packaging. And infinitely
0: recyclable. It's infinitely
1: recyclable. Plastic is not infor- – is unfortunately not. You can recycle it, but the more you recycle it, the more uh, brittle and fragile it gets. And right. you can't use it for as many things.
0: And we do use plastic packaging when we have – when it, like, is the most efficacious, you know, component. Like, we use it for our clearing clay because it's in the shower. Anyways, but we basically have this amazing aluminum – painted aluminum bottle for our carrier cream.
1: But like knowing that people like to, especially with body lotion, cut it open and use like the rest of what's inside. You can't do that with aluminum. So it's like, how can I solve the issue for people? We're sending them out like little spatulas that we had made.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So customers, we're just about to run our first pilot. So kind of customers who have like bought X weeks since now are going to get this like surprise and delight thing in the mail that kind of says like, hey, the end is near. Here's a little tool to help you get all that last, you know, that amazing care cream um, down the last drop. Also, it's like we, I mean, the formula's in there. It's wasteful if it it gets, like, washed on the drain. Um, But, yeah, you know, things like that for us, like, we're so excited to send them out and for customers to get them in the mail and be like, what? What is this? And for us to be able to give love but also, like, really provide function. And then they can use that tool for anything else they have in their, you know, in their cabinet that they need to kind of like dish out. So that's just like one thing that we're doing Mm -hmm. that is very love bombing.
2: We'll be right back after a quick break. If there's anything I've loved hearing over the past year, it's how many people have taken the leap and gotten into therapy. But I won't lie, taking that leap myself was incredibly challenging. Finding the right person, the right time setting, and just building that overall confidence was something I wish I had a helping hand in. If you can relate, I'm here to help. Meet BetterHelp. It's a digital platform that assesses your needs and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. In fact, you can start communicating with a therapist in under 48 hours from right now. So that thing that you're going through, yeah, we can get to solving that in just two days. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change your counselor at any time if you need. You can send a message to your counselor at any time, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly phone or video sessions you'll be connecting in a safe and private online environment. It's just so convenient. It's not a crisis line and it's definitely not self-help, but it is professional counseling done securely online, all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room and having an awkward run-in with someone you know, or just feeling out of place. It's confidential and they cover a range of topics from depression to relationships, trauma, LGBTQ matters, self-esteem, family conflicts, and so much more. The best part, it's way more affordable than traditional offline offline therapy, and since it's digital, they can service people around the world. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life, and there's no excuse. I've just given you the key to the door. It's so easy, so convenient, and it has really changed so many lives. In In fact, you'll be joining over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com friend. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash friend. Now let's get back to the show. Now I want to get into something that I think probably a lot of people have questions about, which is your formulation process. You guys are so transparent, so open about the entire process, especially about the things that we're probably all a little nervous to have on our bodies psychologically. Like I remember the first time I used the toning lotion. Mm. I was like, wait, did it say that there's urine in this? Urea. <laughs> um, yeah. So w- obviously it's synthetic, um, but I would love to hear a little bit about that process for both of you and, and what that's been like building out products that um, might be a little interesting
1: from, from, from an from a outside perspective. Yeah, we were obsessed with urea. I mean, it's kind of great for us because it is such an efficacious ingredient. It's been around for 100 years. Uh, It's been used in dermatology and in in industry. It's been synthesized. It doesn't no longer comes from urine. I mean, it's in your urine. Your body makes it naturally, though. It makes it in all sorts of parts of your body. So even though it sounds phonetically like urine, it is like... (laughs) I can't believe we're just talking about urine so much. <laughs> I But also, but, you know what, guys? But, but also in a super
0: hippy-dippy type of way, actually, when we were talking about Hudson Hemp, you know, they farm in a closed-loop system. So there's something, like, there is a brilliance to, like, nature and human. <laughs> and, like, you know, just... Oh, absolutely. That absolutely. The fact that it's something that is in our urine that now we've, like, synthetically derived is actually incredible for our bodies to be healed. Mm-hmm. It's, like... Self-healing. So,
1: so
2: we the, love it it's, because it's, it's, it's yeah. literally regenerative agriculture for the pod. <laughs>
1: totally, the totally. With yeah. urine. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it's, this, it's this ingredient we're obsessed with because it's a keratolytic, so it softens your keratin, which, you know, that's right. what causes the KPS we were talking about earlier. So it exfoliates and it also moisturizes. So it's this kind of like powerhouse ingredient that you don't hear about a lot. And, like, why is that? Because it sounds like urine, right? Right. And so it's, like, you and know— And to be clear,
0: no- there is no urine in our products, just in yeah, case anyone, like, fast-forwarded.
2: I, I really feel like I was, like, <laughs> no. down a bad path there. I was just trying to be funny. It wasn't No, banding. it is
1: funny. No, I'm glad we're talking about it because it's, like, we nerd out on this kind of stuff. But, like, you know, and it's, it's used by dermatologists for, like, a lot of different things. So, like, the higher in percentages you go, the stronger it is. So, like, if you have— really thick calluses on your feet, you might get prescribed like a 40% Urea cream to treat that. Break it down. Right. Okay. Um, And so no other brand is really like leaning into that. They want to tell stories about like blue tansy and like glacial water and like things that are much more aspirational. But we just want our products to work. And we know that Urea is super effective. No other brands are really like honing in on that and like using it even though it is like the ingredient for this kind of thing and we're not going to take the risk on efficacy to say like okay like you know this new plant alternative to retinol sounds really cool and promising and a lot of brands are using it. It's like the data isn't there for us to say like I feel comfortable like then selling that to a ton of people and saying this is definitely going to work for you. you Right. If it's not broken don't fix it. Right. Exactly. So done it. So we're asking about like how we formulate the product. Basically it's we did six months of research just to write our product development brief. So the to make a beauty product you basically go to a lab we are lucky enough to kind of have a great network network to know which labs are really great at which things um you come to them with a brief or they'll give you a template for a brief we made our own briefs because we're like
0: psychotic. <laughs> <neurotic>. but <laughs> mm-hmm. then in terms of labs you know what was really cool for us is like okay we knew that like there were these labs that have made really incredible face products clinical level Face products that really like deliver results. So we went to them and we we're like, "Hey, let's make body products." And they're like, "Okay, cool. Like, we can make this like body lotion, just like throw some fragrance in it." We're like, "No, no, 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 no. no. Yeah. Like, our brief is like four pages, and right. we want you to spend the same time and put the same team and like obsess for a formulation the way that you do for a face product that actually delivers results. Let's do that for the body. And definitely like resistance at first, but then once the partners that we've been working with, they got in, They're like, "Okay, cool." I get it. Yes. Now I'm excited to apply something I was doing in one area to another.
2: So you guys created something on your website called the mass index, which I think is brilliant. It was basically, it basically came out of all this research that you'd been doing. You basically put together a massive index of ingredients and how they, they work and how they're good for you. I wonder if you think that your customers love you guys that much more because of how transparent you've been with your formulation process and just your research and Care for this subject in general.
1: I mean, I know that they love it when we we sometimes we'll get people that they make like an anonymous Instagram account and they'll DM us a photo of like their back and they'll say like, "What is going on? Can you help me?" Yeah, because it goes back to like you know it's a taboo thing and they're like desperate for a solution, and it's really cool to be able to say like, "Hey," because like for instance, we get a lot of people saying like, "Help me treat my my back knee." But a lot of times I'm looking at it, and I'm like, that's Tinea. That's like not, and if you're treating it like Bacchny, you're actually probably like exacerbating it, you know. Wow. Um, and so, and so to be able to like send them a link to like Mass Index with all these like you know, derms interviewed talking about Tinea, talking about what causes it, you know, what lifestyle changes you can make to like help treat it, what products you might want to look into, um, being able to like send them a link to that and have that be a resource so we're not just providing products for people aren't saying like hey, no just 19.99, just buy this thing add to cart and you'll be fine like to be able to really like give them like a resource to me was super important. And then also just from a strategic side, if we can build our SEO. Like people are searching for these things. We know they're searching for like solutions here. And so to be able to give them like a soft landing place in in terms of mass index that has all the information that they need is because starting this company, we realized there's no products that treat these things, but there's also like no conversation, no information, really.
0: And I think like SEO is such a funny thing because, you know, it's something that comes up in like marketing all the time. But and I think people see it as like, oh, you can like, you want to like use SEO to like hack something. But for me, I think SEO is like a signal for what the customer, what, what people are, like what they they want right. answers for, right? So it's actually like, you know, sometimes in, we've had meetings where people are like, do you guys do focus group testing? It's like the internet is the best focus group in the world. You just have to know where to look. And so SEO, if you can make SEO optimized content, that means that you are answering questions that people are searching for all the time and not finding really answers so i think for us that really drove a lot of the strategy of what content to make because it's like people are asking these questions they can't find an answer our version of like a gift to them or our version of like helping them is just like let's answer that um and yeah i think the mass index is you know we were doing all this research already anyways because like we're you know, needing to do research to figure out what these issues are, how to solve them, and then it's like, okay, we can publish this and someone else can see it. And then another part of the Mass Index that I love is the body gallery, um, which is basically a place that we've created like a comprehensive library um, of these issues, where we've had um, basically users—they're not our customers—they're users pre-launch submit photos of these body skin issues because, like, I'm Asian. When I Google any of these issues, the only people that come up on the only images on Google search are all white people. So it's like, oh, that's, do I have that issue? Because mine doesn't look like that. And so when we like, you know, when we were working on this, we were like collecting these photos of different people's skin tones with these issues so we could better understand what was really going on. And then we're like, wait a minute, this is something we should publish because plenty of people like us who don't have like, fair skin might have an issue on their leg and be like I don't know if this is strawberry skin or kp or ingrown hairs or tenea versicolor so that's like a part of the site that I love and we continue we basically pay people like to submit photos like if you have an if you have an issue just send us a photo and we'll pay you if we use it on the website and right now I think there's maybe like 200 300 photos but we continue to build it and that's also a way that we kind of discover new issues that people have and we're like oh wow yeah. All these people have this issue and like, there's definitely not a product for them and they really want something. So like, let's add that to the product development calendar. And then when we start work- working on that product, we reach out to them. We're like, hey, you want to be a part of our testing group? Um, Genius. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's
1: our way of building Genius. community.
0: We yeah. just solved it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: the mass index feels like your mecca. <laughs> yeah. 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 So for people listening right now who are just meeting all of you, what is the first
1: product you recommend they use? People are buying the stat, which is like the buffing bar. The smoothing solution, which is like our uh, uh, chemical exfoliant that you leave on. And then the carrier cream. But that's
0: so that set is like to smooth your skin. So if you have KP, but also if you just have honestly, everyone should use it. Like my husband has like dry scale, like elbows. If you have like, like kind of like scaly skin, everyone gets that kind of in the winter. Um, I would say like buffing bars are bomb.com.
2: Thank you both so much for coming on today. It was so great to hear about the ins and outs of the company. There were so many things in there that I just didn't know. And it really is amazing to see how much was learned from the prior experience and brought over, but in a really different way for a different audience. So that was really exciting and fun. And I'm really excited for both of you. Thank Thank you, Olivia. This was so so fun. fun. I'm so glad.